Coming up on Guys Talking Sports, we talk about the AFC and NFC Championships complete. Super Bowl is now on the way. we got Kansas City and San Francisco. So we're going to get into that. We're also going to talk a little bit about Antonio Brown's situation. There's a warrant issue for his arrest. So we're going to get into that as well. We're also going to jump into a little bit of the Kansas case and Kansas State brawl. Um, was the suspension suffice? We're going to get into more of that as well. And we're going to talk about all the other things in the world that's going on in the world of sports. My co-host Adrian Capwell and Earl Walsh join me, Al Carls, and Guys Talking Sports, and that begins right now. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Guys Talking Sports. We appreciate all the love and support out there that's been going on. We really do, but we got a lot to talk about, so we're going to get right into it. I got my co-host with me, Adrian Catwell and Earl Ross. What's going on, fellas? How you guys doing today? If you can see a Nazi, it's uh, Wednesday and it's Vigo time. If I got the purple cup, I got the purple drink. Cheers. <laughs> no, you sip on a syrup. <laughs> More like Kool-Aid and vodka, but you know, it's all good. <laughs> tomato, tomato. Like, <laughs> you got it. <laughs> but we got a lot to discuss, so we're going to get right into it. Let's talk about what just happened over the weekend with the AFC and the NFC championships taking place. And now we have the two teams set to meet in the Super Bowl. We got the Kansas City Chiefs who defeated the Tennessee Titans, and we got the San Francisco Aces, San Francisco 49ers, defeating the Green Bay Packers. So real quick, fellas, let me get your takes about the AFC and NFC championship games and also about the Super Bowl that's up and coming. So whoever wants to go first, by all means. Well, uh, I'll definitely say all of our picks are all, all over the place. And, uh, sure enough. <laughs> sure enough. <laughs> only, only one of my picks made it. Uh, I mean, well, I'll start off with the Kansas City Titans game. Um, Patrick Mahomes was the truth. He was absolutely sensational in that game. I mean, even when Tennessee got, was it a 17-0, I think it was, a lead? Mm-hmm. I mean, and you're still thinking, all right, maybe this might be Tennessee's year, but once um, once they couldn't convert on that fourth down, it was just like, boom, one touchdown, boom, field goal, boom, another touchdown. Before you know it, they took the lead by halftime. And at that particular point, all jokes aside, I knew it was, the game was over because they basically – they didn't have to worry about stopping Derrick Henry. They just never really let the offense go through him. So by sheer force of scoring a whole bunch of points and going up the field and scoring, Tennessee will come down, take six minutes, they'll score, then Tennessee three-minute score. Tennessee get a long drive, maybe get a field goal, three minutes with Kansas City, they score. They score. And it was just like, you know, basically uh, – um, Mike Vrabel had to adjust his game plan. And once he did that, he basically took the ball out of Derrick Henry's hands and put the ball in Ryan Tannehill's hands. And not to say that's a bad thing, but what got you there and made you who you are, you tried to play catch up with the Kansas City Chiefs. And I mean, with, you know, with the track stars they got on that squad, I mean, there was no catching them. Um, Patrick Mahomes, um, you do forget that he can move the football, and that one uh, 
run that he had where he ran like 27 yards and it was like slow moving at first. And I'm thinking he getting ready to run out of bounds. And then he, whoop, whoop, not the same Lamar Jackson spin, but he did the kind of like the, the trigger button where he kind of went to the side and just did that. And then scooted off and then right to the end zone. I mean, I mean, right now he's operating, in my opinion, playing as the best QB in football right now. AFC, NFC, he's the best. I mean, Lamar Jackson is going to get the um, MVP, and deservedly so. Uh, but this was regular season, not regular season, plus postseason, plus Super Bowl. But right now, Kansas City is good, and ooh, I'll let Adrian tackle his 49ers because they play some man football, and Green Bay Packers just couldn't couldn't take it out. Leave the 49ers up to you, Ace. Oh, man, football. <laughs> 49ers played like you were playing uh, Madden, and your opponent couldn't stop the run, so they just kept running it. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I dare you to stop it. And then if you can't stop it, I'm just going to keep running it. <laughs> <laughs> and then every so often, we're just going to throw a pass in there just to say, yeah, we still got a quarterback. But we're going to run the ball some more. <laughs> yeah, the, all season I've been – I've been on the Niners bandwagon all season. You know, I've just been a, a, a quiet spectator, uh, not really getting too excited about the team that I had and, I'm sorry, the team that I shared because being a whole bunch of the Niner fans out there. But this game showed me something. You know, I didn't really, I didn't really put too much respect on Minnesota because I just didn't think that uh, Cousins was going to be that guy to lead the uh, Minnesota past the Niners. But the Niners need to show up versus Green Bay. And my goodness gracious, did that defense ever show up? <laughs> I think they gave us some garbage points there in the end, but bottom line, they're like, look, we're going to give it to our running back. We dare you to stop them. Oh, so, okay, it's going to be like an Olay sort of thing, you know, like Green Bay is the bull, but we are the guy with the red flag. We're just going to like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Pretty much, 49ers just did whatever they wanted. It was the most complete and dominating victory I've seen in quite some time in the, in the professional, in the NFL level, only because it's very rare that you can sit there and have a quarterback throw less than 10 passes and you win by such a huge amount. <laughs> but now you got to throw all that to the side now because you got you got a quarterback and a team in Kansas City that uh, it's not to be messed with. <laughs> They've already showed that they could be down by 24, 17. They come back like it's nothing and then destroy you and blow you out the same in the same breath that they were getting blown out. So it's going to be interesting to see the number one offense and quarterback in Patrick Mahomes versus the number one defense in the San Francisco 49ers. The Niners are not going to be able to stop Patrick Mahomes. No team has. But if you could pick up some key stops in key situations, and our good old boy, a quarterback for the Niners, if he could sit there 
and play big when he needs to play big. When you get those key stops, I can see the Niners coming out of there with maybe a three or a seven-point win when it's all said and done. Well, I already told you before um, last week that um, I put a little bit more faith that this is more seems like San Francisco's year um, this time. Um, more so because I think it's I let's let me let me go back. I'm sorry. Um, the Kansas City Tennessee Titans game was definitely a telling game, if anything, because one thing I was worried about out of everything in that game was Kansas City's defense. Um, how they would adapt to if they could stop the run um, and what they would do if they could adapt, if they could actually contain Derrick Derek Henry. And truth be told, that was the whole problem with Kansas City all year. It wasn't really their offense. It was their defense. If their defense would be able to contain um, the other team and their offensive set. Because we already knew what we was getting with Patrick Mahomes. So Kansas City was pretty much – everybody could say that Kansas City's – um, Achilles' heel, so to speak, was their defense. But the defense did enough and show improve to get them into the Super Bowl. Now the question is, can their defense do it again against the San Francisco 49ers? That would be the question that I have for that. Um, still think that this is Jimmy Garoppolo's time to get out of that quote-unquote shadow of the Patriots um, to basically say, this is what you get for trading me. Um, I learned a lot from Tom Brady, so I should be able to do something with this. Um, he has the opportunity now to show and prove, and we'll see how he how he handles that in the biggest stage of them all, which is the Super Bowl. So um, I still am picking San Francisco um, because I think they're still a little bit more complete with their defense. And like you said, if Jimmy can game manage the game, which I believe he had, he can do. Um, I think he has that teaching um, from Tom Brady to show that he can manage the game the right way. So I may give them the edge over Patrick Mahomes, but then again, this is the me that was picking Tennessee to beat Kansas City. So I'll uh, take that with a grain of salt. I, I really believe that that San Francisco has what it takes to at least give them a run for their money and to edge out Kansas City, like he said. So um, that's where I'm going with right now. And I think that I could see, even though I just see that San Francisco is a little bit more complete um, right now. I think KC has all the offense, but I think San Francisco is a little bit more complete as a team, as a whole. Yeah, and I think I've been hearing the last couple of days people talking about Garoppolo. Well, will he lose the game? And, you know, the way the game flowed last week, I mean, past Sunday, it was on the E2. Basically, they were saying we're going to run it left, and they couldn't do anything to stop it. And Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo only had to throw what eight passes. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Basically, he took a he, he took the he took the day off, and um, the weekend before that, he really didn't throw that much either. But I mean, people tend to forget um, Jimmy Garoppolo can throw the ball and. It's pretty accurate. I mean, he went up against Drew Brees, you know, TD for TD, and when it was light up the scoreboard. So, I mean, he can pass and, and toss the rock up when he needs to. Um, and his offense can score a lot of points um, when needed through the air, not necessarily on the ground. What happened with Montreat, to me, that's an aberration. I'm not expecting that to happen again. Um, I think 
Green Bay, just like the Vikings, their interior defense was acceptable to the run. And they caught up. They just could not, you know, they, they just could not block them. Uh, but Kansas City, Tennessee Titans had a blueprint on how to slow them down in the first quarter. And that was, you got to, you're not going to stop um, Pat Mahomes, but you can rough up the receivers, mess up their timing. And they were roughing them up. Now, they were getting a little bit of holding penalties and some stuff like that. But for defense, you have to mess up their timing because Andy Reid is a rhythm-timed offense. Mm -hmm. Always has been, except when he had T.O. and Donald McNabb. And McNabb just tossed it up in his vicinity. He caught it. But outside of that, it's our predicated on timing. So you got to hit the receivers when they come off the edge, you know, maybe get a little, you know, grab. You might get some holding calls. You might get some bad. But if you start hitting them receivers and messing up the timing, you're going to have to make, you know, Patty hold the ball a little bit longer. And that should give Nick Bolson and the rest of the boys enough time to get in there. I'm not going to call a winner yet, but I think this game is going to be a little bit more closer than people realize. I don't think it's going to be a high scoring affair, in my opinion. Um, I can see a 31-27 type of game. And that's not calling a winner. That's just saying offense will be offense when it needs to be. I think both teams will get key stops. But it's all about what stops can the Niners get to slow Patrick Mahomes down. And can the 49ers sustain a run game against the Chiefs defense after they show that they can shut down Derrick Henry. Yeah, but I think that – I think the key element here would be the offensive line. Um, can they handle – I mean, it will it be too much for the Kansas City defense? Um, it starts there. Um, because let's be honest, um, San Fran's offensive line is not the same as Tennessee's offensive line. Even though Derrick Henry did um, – put in a lot of yardage. Um, it's just, I, I just have a feeling that it's a little bit more of a different scenario. Um, and I still believe that they could probably still be effective with the run. So we'll see how that plays. But I, I just have a feeling that it's not going to change much. The game plan is not going to change much overall. Yeah, and, and Kansas City was lucky. I mean, they, they faced some good defenses, but I don't think they've – they face the kind of heat that the 49ers can generate, and they've gotten all their guys back on defense. Everyone is clicking and ready to go. Um, in the offense, you know, Coleman got hurt. He separated the show that they said he'll be back, but in what kind of shape will he be back? Like I said, I'm, I still don't believe Montree can replicate what he did <laughs> against the Packers, but um, we'll see. I. But then again, Andy Reid always, for whatever reason, at the wrong time, does something wrong. And if he wins, it's going to be a laugh at the Eagles here because they had them for like a whole bunch of years when they had like the best team in the NFC for four years running, and he still couldn't catch cash it in. One Super Bowl, but couldn't, but but lost that one. But I'm expecting a pretty good game. I can care less about the uh, halftime show personally, but um. Who, who is it? Who is it? I was about to say, because I don't even have even heard anything. It's going to be Shakir and um, J-Lo. Oh. Oh. Yeah, I'm like, whatever. That's, that's when you run to the store and get your re refill on snacks. 
The story would be up there at that time. Uh, or that's when you go on, on an Xbox and play Madden for a quarter or two. Right. <laughs> uh, well, so you're not you're holding off on uh, predicting winners, huh? Uh, I'll, I'll do my predictions next week. I just want to see how things go. And once they get down there, make sure no one trips over themselves while they're down in Miami. <laughs> Yeah, I, I bet. Uh-oh. You know, I, I think we should wait. By the time next Wednesday come around, we'll be right around the corner from the game. And we'll uh, be a good time to uh, sit there and uh, really put our predictions out on the table. Maybe maybe do a nice little uh, gentleman's bet. <laughs> A gentleman's wager. <laughs> I challenge you to a duel. Smack. Smack, smack, smack. Yes. Oh, man. But I guess we can talk on football all we want. But, uh, oh, and I, real quick. So, do you think that uh, Aaron Rodgers, do you think that Aaron Rodgers is ever going to get back to the Super Bowl? If they put some let, alone, let, let alone win one, but at least get back. If they give you if they give him some weapons like he had three years ago, he's still very much capable. He needs, I think he needs shore up that offensive line. He has a run game. Something he didn't have in the past, but he has it now. Um, put another weapon or two around him. Gotta get a younger, gotta get a younger tight end. Uh, I'm not saying Jimmy Graham ain't uh Ain't still capable, right? But you know, you need somebody a little bit more physical, a little bit more, uh, get a little bit more wiggle, and can make them a little bit more, uh, make themselves a, a, a bit more dynamic in the passing game. I think that's what really sets. You know, I can't really say that sets Kansas City apart because they have a decent, they have a decent tight end, but their tight end is not somebody. Travis Kelsey from Kansas City. Oh yeah, you're right. I forgot about him. Yes. <laughs> well, if you want to take both teams, Kittle, Kelsey, and their dyna- their dynamic tight ends, I think that's something that Green Bay lacks. Um, and they lack speed in the slot, and they lack another big play receiver. So if they can pick up three quality pieces, they're gonna have to get somebody in the, in, in the free agency. And they gotta they gotta draft right. If they draft right, pick up a few pieces in uh, free agency. Their defense ain't bad, <laughs> and they keep that core together. I mean, yeah. I mean, in spite of the showing where they got ran ran all over this past you know Sunday, you know, I don't think that's indicative of the defense as a whole. But I'm with you. I mean, I mean, they do have some young receivers there. I think they'll get better. Um, it should be better next year, but I definitely think you need like a definitely a big time threat. I don't. I'm not going to say for certain that he's never going to get back. I agree with you, Ace. If you you know put the proper weaponry around him, then I'm, he's very capable of getting back. But I mean, right now, San Fran is not going anywhere. Um, the Saints, I'm not sure, but right now, San Fran is not going anywhere. Dallas Cowboys, now they got Mike Marks. I'm a little bit nervous. Um, they'll be up in the mix. Um, 
Minnesota Vikings, I think they'll be back. Um, so it's a little bit more competition. Seahawks, of course. So it's a lot more competition in the NFC. So I can't see it for certain that he will, but I agree with you. If you put some weapons around him, he's more than capable of engineering it. But the window is closing. Oh, for sure. For sure. The window is closing very fast. And if I think he doesn't, it'll get some help to get them back there within the next year or two, then I think for him and even Drew Brees, it's a wrap. As far as making Super Bowl appearances, not playing time, but I think as far as being able to get a team there. I think I think the Saints' problem was defense, not so much offense. Yeah, they're more built to make it back more so team currently constructed than I think the Packers are at, at the moment. Like you said, unless he gets some pieces around him that can get open and catch some balls. But I think for both of them, their time is – you know, starting to slowly, you know, slide. So they don't got that many more years to make it back. When you have all these other young and up- upcoming quarterbacks and teams that, that are start going to start making their presence felt. I agree. And the topic was that was, do we think that, you know, with the show for Ann Rogers, um, it was, the question was, do you think he'll make it back to the Super Bowl? Let alone win one. Mm. Uh, uh, I, I caught a telling of what you were saying, and to be honest, um, I never say never because you never know with the NFL. Um, but it's going to be very difficult, like you said. I completely agree with so many young teams out there. Um, it's going to be definitely a difficult scope. Not saying that he can't do it. It's just yeah, he needs a little bit more pieces around him. And they need to shore up a couple of things, especially on the defensive end as well, I believe. Um, that will help bolster um, everything. But it's at this stage, he, I, he only has probably a couple of years left at this stage before the Packers may start to think of moving elsewhere with them as a QB. So I think that the chances are slim. It's still there, but the chances are slim at this stage. I mean, think about it. There's so many quarterbacks right now that are still, I mean, they are not sort of past their prime um, where right now they're in a position of trying to look for another homes to be, you know, to, to see if they still have what it takes to, to, you know, to be a starting quarterback. So, um, I think that with the young superstars, the young quarterbacks in this league now growing, I think that teams are going to look at going that avenue, and it's just a matter of time for Aaron Rodgers. So I would give it maybe another couple of more years until we see what they're with the pack, what's next for the Packers, and what they're going to do with Aaron Rodgers in the next couple of years. So you can see a lot of transitioning. There's teams that are thinking about transitioning. Green Bay certainly is not one of them because they was just in the mix of trying to make it to the Super Bowl. But there's so many teams out there that are in that transition phase now um, where they may may be thinking about – they are thinking about moving on with the quarterbacks that they're so used to having. True. Indeed. (laughs) Yeah. But um, before we move away from the NFLs, um, we wouldn't have – before we get to that point and move along – um, of course, we cannot dismiss the NFL news without talking about the latest 
that's going on with Antonio Brown. Uh, so this happened a little bit, I mean, not too long ago, where in a restaurant has been formally issued for Antonio Brown for burglary with battery stemming from Tuesday's altercation um, in front of his Florida home. So the arrest warrant warns officers that Brown has a concealed weapons permit and is known to carry. Um, Brown had a firearm stolen out of Dade County in 2018 and officers should use caution when approaching Brown as he is known for being confrontational with dealing with the police. And of course, we've seen that in video. Um, it's all over social media about how he feels about the police. So real quick, let me get your thoughts on this whole Antonio Brown situation and um, how you feel about it at this stage. What are your thoughts on Antonio Brown? <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say? You're looking to get shot. You're trying to be a martyr for, for, no, for non-martyr reasons? <laughs> <laughs> I just don't. I just don't get his mindset, or like, what exactly? What is? What is his end game? What is he trying to prove? Like before we got started, I thought. I thought, is this? Is he trying to do a reality show TV or something like that? This to make money? I'm like, because I I saw a clip on Bleacher Report where he was shooting a music video. A so, music video. Yeah. 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 So I'm like, what exactly does he have going on right now? You know, but if he don't shape up, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. He, put like this, whatever he gets, he, he deserves because he brought it upon himself. Ian. I agree. I don't know. What is he out there drinking that lean down in um, Hollywood, Florida? I don't know. Uh, I mean, it almost begs the question, does this man really have something mentally going on with them? Because uh, he, he's always been, he's always had some drama surround him, even when he was playing with the Pittsburgh Steelers, but it was not as frequently, well, let me it wasn't as the issues weren't coming up in such regularity as it is right now. So I don't know. I mean, if you if your whole if your whole idea was to try to make it back to the National Football League, you ain't making it easier. As a matter of fact, you're making it much more worse. Um, I mean, even if the sexual allegations, you know, turn out to be true or someone recants or comes back on it, I mean, all this stuff here, you're just one thing after another after another. To me, it, it proves to me that you don't seem serious about playing football. I mean, for anyone that has all these other issues going on and you're trying to get everything cleared out to make your way back to the sport that you claim you love, but then every other week, it seems like you're in the news for something. So I, right now, I mean, he... Right now, the the the, com the commissioner, of course, they got the Super Bowl, the culmination of the centennial of the NFL. They don't want to have anything rocking the boat. They want to have a clean, good Super Bowl, celebrate 100 years, wrap it up nicely. And they don't give it to you, Antonio Brown. They don't need you coming in there, you know, causing them additional headaches and issues when they're going to be in Florida, mind you. <laughs> in Miami, not that far from you, 
they don't need you causing any kind of issues. They just want to make sure they get these two weeks out nice and clean. They'll get you after that. Mm-hmm. You probably won't be playing football next season or, mm-hmm. or period. But I don't know. He's a strange bird. Nice. Dude is this. I don't know if he, I hope he's crazy. Cray cray. <laughs> I'm hoping he's <clears throat> that got him out of his mind or got him just doing some crazy stuff, man, because he's something just ain't right. <laughs> um, I, I really believe that it's something mental. Um, because let's be honest, like to go through to see all of this happening in front, like I just don't believe that he's in his right mind. And I'm gonna go on a limb and just say this, like if if somebody needs to reach out to him and let him know that this is definitely not the right move to do. Um, like going through all these issues, all this stuff, something has to be wrong. And I just hopefully because let's be honest, he, even his um former manager said that before he left. He was like, yo, he really needs to seek some help. And I, I right now which is which is funny because I'm like you getting all this money, but then when he's crazy, now you want to. No, I'm not going to represent him until he gets some help. Why don't you help him get some help? That is true, but you can only do so as what you can only do so much. And I, I do agree that if you you know you complaining about this now, you should have been about this when you was with him. Like I agree with you on that. Um, but I still believe that you know he just. I, uh, you can, I can see concern in some of the people that's around him, uh, and rightfully so. Hopefully, he can get his stuff tickets resolved um, and get the help that he needs because he definitely needs help. Because going this route is not helping him at long at all, like you said, smooth. And to be honest, like to be honest, the NFL is the least going coming back to the NFL is the least of his concerns right now. He got so much other stuff that he has to tend to first, like. Like you said, the sexual harassment, this now being a warrant issue out for his arrest. I don't think he's coming back in the NFL at all. Um, so you're right. It's going to be a what's next for him. When is the next time we're going to see him? Maybe it is a reality show. Maybe it's something else, a music video. Um, XFL. <laughs> to be honest, I can't even see the XFL going after him at this point until he get himself taken care of. I'll be shocked if, if the XFL does something like that. And that's, saying, uh, and that's saying a lot with Vince McMahon. <laughs> Without question. Without and question. They, and if they do reach out, it's because they're just they're reaching for ratings. That's yeah. And if, that, and if that's the case, that's already setting them back because it shows that you're not looking to be serious in it with the football. You're serious for the entertainment aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes it a slippery slope with the XFL because even though it is the XFL, you're coming from a person that does sports entertainment. So he has to tread lightly if he's very serious about being a football league because if he turns it into an entertainment football league, I could see this going left so quick. It'll be quicker than the first ring of the XFL that he tried to put out there. So, um, which, which I actually like, mind you. <laughs> I'm sorry, say that again. Which I actually liked. <laughs> the first XFL? Yeah. Interesting. I thought it was actually kind of funny, but... Me. But then again, that was when I was really following the WWE at that point. <laughs> Not so much now. Yeah, I completely understand. All right, so let's move on. Um, let's talk about this whole Kansas 
Kansas State basketball fight that took place. Uh, that was a brawl. Um, people are comparing it to the Rumble, of course, um, in Detroit, which I don't think it was that serious. Malice in um, the Palace. Malice in no. the Palace, thank you. Um, but it did get out of hand very quickly. Um, all started with, I forgot the Kansas State um, player who stole the ball in the final closing seconds of the game. Um, forward DeSalsa um, blocked the shot, stared down on him, fight, you know, people start, the benches came out, cleared, um, fight ensued. What's crazy about it because I just found out that this whole fight took place in a disabled section of their, their, of their game. Um, their fans, you know, majority, that section was for the disabled people. So with all that going on, just, just found out Kansas forward, um, DeSalza will miss 12 games mm -hmm. as he is among four players suspended by the Big 12 on Wednesday for their roles. Also, in addition, um, the Jayhawks, David McCormick received a two-game ban. And for Kansas State, James Love will miss eight games and Antonio Gordon will miss three games. So, fellas, let me get your takes on this whole brawl and let me get your take about how everything – did you think the suspensions were um, – harsh enough. Do you think that the suspensions could have been more or less? Um, so let me get your thoughts on that. I think it could have been more, um, especially for, um, especially for um, the Sosa, I think it really could have been a lot more. Um, I'm surprised he didn't get a whole suspension and definitely for the rest of the season. I mean, he's already had some issues going back and forth with alleged monies that he was getting paid to go to Maryland, but then Kansas Kansas offered him more and he had to set out a, a season. So he's already come with some baggage. But, however, I think it could have been more. I mean, was it eight games for the Sosa? Twelve. Twelve. Twelve, okay. Pretty much, 12. The, pretty much the balance of the season, regular season. So he won't be back until – Big 12. Tournament. Uh, tournament or, you know, tourney time, depending on how they, everything folds. But – I mean, I wasn't sure when I first saw the um, the clips on TV, but when I did, you know, more or less, I've seen worse. <laughs> um, you know, I've seen worse, been on the court and seen worse, you know. And, you know, played at college, you know, some New York games on the court, we've seen a whole lot worse. Um, so to me, when I saw it, you know, it, it's fought on both sides. I mean, Kansas was beating them by like little, like 18 at that point. And, and the K-State kid stole the ball and went to try to go and lay it up. And the um, Sosa, you know, swatted it, stood over him and talked to them. So, okay, all right, you get that up. But then other people jumped into it and hold nine yards. And yeah, it was not a good look. I mean, they weren't really fighting people like, from what I could see, there wasn't any fans being swung on that I could tell. The fact that Sosa picked up the chair and looked like he was going to hit someone, that's where, you know, you know, it, it gets a little dicey at that particular point. Mm -hmm. um, luckily for him, one of the assistants, whether it was K-State or Kansas, took the chair out of his hands when he brought it up. And I'm like, dude, what are you bringing a chair up for? I mean, what was your point? Um, you was going to throw it at somebody. <laughs> so if you would have threw it at somebody, then you probably would have been, you know, suspended, period. You probably would have been tossed off the team and not back in basketball. But 
yeah, we're all, it's going to be a lot of people trying to wring their hands and saying, oh, this is the worst ever is, you know, you know, Copeland's a mouse and palace. No, it's not that bad. It's not good, but it's not that bad. But, um, it's, it's a, it's, it's a black guy, but like I said, it's not the worst that I've seen and I've seen far worse. All of us probably seen far worse playing ball, you know, out on the block. So I just, I just hope people don't try to make it worse than what it really is. And it's not good. It's bad, but don't try to make it like criminal activities or some kind of, you know, other extra stuff. It was bad, but the kids got to know better. I mean, it's, you have to control yourself. I mean, all that stuff with the block and the standing over. Yeah, we've seen that in the game. But uh, the one thing I will say is whoever came off the court that had the black shirt and the white pants, um, that was a street clothes. There's a, Kansas, there's a Kansas guy that should be ashamed of himself because he got up there and a Kansas City pushed the guy. And you can see him jump back. And then went after the guy, and the dude started running behind somebody else. Really? Come on now, man. If you're going to be about it, be about it. Don't push and swing and then run away when the guy come after you. But all in jest, after all, <laughs> the fight was bad. Oh, man. Um, the Sousa better be happy that. Somebody from Kansas bitch, somebody from the Kansas Stadium kind of knocked that stool out of his hands because if he came forward with that and even if he had missed, criminal charges might have been brought up against him. Um, Definitely probably wouldn't be playing on Kansas basketball squad anymore because unlike the Malice and the Palace, you know, when you're under contract and your old money's guaranteed monies, you know, you'll deal with the contract, you know, you'll deal with whatever suspension that the league will throw down on you, but you're still going to get paid. You may not get paid while you suspended, but you're still going to get checked after the fact. So the kid better be very, very happy that somebody had the right of mind to knock that chair out of his hand or make it so he couldn't swing it. Um, I think you had made mention earlier this morning, Earl, how all these unwritten rules in sports are kind of kind of take place. Or it might have been you out, or it might have been just somebody different, but I just know I read it where they're talking about, you know, because you're up 20 and you're running down the clock, you shouldn't go after a steal and try to, you know, do whatever to try to score a basket. I'm like, man, look. I'm getting my butt whipped, and I see an opportunity to score some points because I'm pissed off because of the way the game is playing. So be it. I mean, case in point, West Virginia, and I'm only using this just because it's the situation. West Virginia kicked Texas ass Monday night or Tuesday night in basketball. I guess it was was Monday night, I believe. And West Virginia brought on the 15th guy on the bench was the the team walk-on. And, you know, everybody just egging up the dude just to score a point, get, you know, shoot a three, make a basket, whatever. So it was coming down on crunch time. West Virginia is already up by 30-some odd points. But the kid went up there and took a three, and Texas defender swatted that joint out the air. West Virginia managed to get the ball back. They managed to get the kid the ball back again. 
And the same dude that swatted the ball the first time almost swatted it from behind the second time. Fortunately enough, this time the ball went in. But how is that any different? You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's the same situation. Uh, you know, only difference is that West Virginia is up. It's just the walk-on is just trying to get some points. But, I mean, just because all that took place doesn't mean that because he blocked the shot that West Virginia is supposed to get pissed off and go jump on the dude's face. You know, like, the Sousa should have showed a little bit of class. Okay, you got pissed off because you got pickpocketed. The dude went, you went and blocked the shot. You just turn around and just walk away. And the, the dude know next time, all right, all right, let me not steal the ball this time. Let's just go ahead and run the clock out. Let's get this game over with. So I think it could have been handled a little bit differently on both sides. And then, of course, obviously the, uh, the referees, uh, I ain't seen none during that whole melee. <laughs> they, didn't want any, they didn't want no parts of that. <laughs> you know, so I'm like, so they're just pretty much letting them run shot, you know, ruck shot and just go and do whatever. So I'm just like, he better be fortunate that he only got 12 games. The kid that came off the bench that was throwing, you know, throwing, uh, throwing some punches for, uh, for Kansas State, um, he deserves some time off too because he shouldn't have left the bench even though he's defending his boy. But all in all, it could have been a lot worse. Uh, could have been a lot more injuries. Could have been a lot more uh, guys getting thrown out. So it's, I'd be curious to see how Kansas handles this situation going down the stretch as far as the Sousa being one of their better players and he's not eligible to play for the balance of the season. How's that going to affect their team chemistry? Uh, uh, um, first of all, I, I, I did talk about that unspoken rule. Um, but I also heard, um, I forgot her name, Sarah Spain mentioned it on ESPN as well. Um, about the unspoken rule. I, it's a pet peeve of mine um, because I just don't understand it. Like you can't get all up in your feelings about the unspoken rule because, you know, the team is up or down 30 and, you know, this boys, you know, they trying to score a point. I think they took it and blew it way out of proportion. All right. So the guy steals the ball and get his shot blocked. You know, it is what it is. Like, I think it was blown way out of proportion. Um, I agree that the Celtics should have been suspended at least a little bit longer. Um, probably won't matter anyway because he's probably going to end up leaving Kansas and declare himself a, a, a candidate in the NBA draft. Uh, so the question is now is that how is it going to hurt his stock? And I think that's really what the biggest issue is going forward. Who's going to take um, a look at him and draft him in the upcoming NBA draft? But I think this whole Kansas, Kansas State game was blown way out of proportion. Kansas are easily had to win. Um, so the unspoken rule about, you know, trying to score at the last minute or whatever the case may be, I, I, I do have a pet peeve about this. And I saw this NBA players do it all the time. Like you're supposed to be unspoken, unspoken rule, take the shot cock violation or, you know, you shouldn't score if you're up and, you know, let the game. My coach told me this at this stage. The game doesn't end until the lat to the buzzer sounds. Bottom line. So if you're down by 20 points and you have the opportunity to score the ball, go score the ball. Like if you have the opportunity to if somebody's going to score the ball on you, you try and defend that player. 
bottom line. There shouldn't be no unspoken rule. And to be honest, I get tired of it because some people may not know about the unspoken rule and may do it. And then when that happens, people get upset immediately afterwards saying you should not do this. A lot of people don't know about this unspoken rule because it should be, it's unspoken. So it's not a rule that you should just take a shot cock violation. If the coach tells you to do it, that's one thing. But if he doesn't say anything, the game plays until the sound, the buzzer sounds, bottom line. So if you have a problem with a person scoring the ball and you're down by 20 points or whatever the case may be, you stop that player. So I don't have a problem with the Sosa blocking the shot. I don't have a problem with Kansas State, that player, stealing the ball to begin with. The problem I have is that people are always saying about this unspoken rule when, truth be told, it's unspoken. Not everybody's going to know about this rule. So don't get upset when people do this and you get upset because he did this. And he may not know this. I've seen foreigners that come in the NBA um, that does it. Matter of fact, I can give a perfect example. There was a play where I forgot who the person was. Oh, I think it was even a player in the NBA who was an international player um, last year. Um, did Went for a layup and a, a dunk like two seconds after left, left in the game and it was against the Lakers and I think LeBron and them got mad because he went and made the layup. Like he may not have known this rule, but they got pissed off because he did it. The point I'm making is, is that it shouldn't be an unspoken rule. You is the number one rule should be there are 48 minutes in a game or however long it's in a game, you play until the buzzer sounds, period. You continue to play. If they dribble out the clock, that's one thing. If you play if they you dribble down off the clock and this person's playing defense on you, what are you going to do? You can't just stop and say, hey, you can't do that. This is still a game going on. And the point is, is that you have to play to the buzzer sounds. So I don't want to hear nothing about this unspoken rule. If I'm down 20 points and if, if my team is down 20 points and the other team steals the ball with five seconds left and go dunk the ball, I'm not going to get upset about it because at the end of the day, the game is still on. So I really believe that this whole thing about the unspoken rule needs to change completely. I don't care if it's the NBA. I don't care if it's college basketball. Even high school people, are school games are doing it now. For what? It doesn't make sense at this stage. I mean, I know it's good sportsmanship. I get it. But at the end of the day, not everybody's going to do good sportsmanship. So you can't count for everybody to be good sportsmen at this stage. Not everybody is on that same page. So what you really need to do is understand that in the full game, you have to play until the buzzer sounds. That's how it should be. Like, I'm not going to get upset. And what made it worse is because the fact that when he blocked the shot, dude stood over him and <laughs> challenged it. So, like, that's where everybody got upset about. But, hey, the game is still going. Now, I get it. He may have stood over him a little too long. Maybe. But at the end of the day, it shouldn't have led to a brawl like it did. And the fact is that for the dude to pick up a chair, like that alone should have been enough for a one-year one ban at this stage. And that's my opinion. Because he could have hit one of those, those kids that that with somebody that was in the disabled section. He could have hit a spectator. And that would have been even an assault charge or something worse. And that alone should have been enough for a one-game ban. Yeah, I couldn't disagree with any of your points, Al. I mean, I'm right there with you. I mean, all these un unwritten rules. I'm like, team scoring on you, getting beat by 20, and you're getting mad about it because they keep scoring. Well, you should have been stopping them. 
Stop him. Yeah, I had no problem. I mean, yeah, it was five seconds in the game. Maybe the Sousa could have just let 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 him go and get the layup. And guess what? Game is over after that anyway. Um, but really, I didn't have a problem with the the kids still on the ball. Didn't have a problem with the Sousa coming down there and swatting the ball. I actually thought it was funny trying to get the last point in. I have no problem with them, even when he stood over him. But like you said, I stood over way too long. You know that's gonna his teammates are gonna come and. You yeah. know, defend defend their boy. I had no problems up to that point, and then some. But as when he went to go grab the chair and look like he was going to do something, I think for everyone can probably agree that's where that line was crossed. Not nah, it was before. I think it was before that when he threw punches at the players. Like well, as soon as he threw those punches, that was it. Like it wasn't even nothing else to be said. Like you knew he was going to get suspended. And never, and never connecting. Why does anybody when they're on the basketball court ever connect with anybody? Be, but they, I don't know. They throwing, quick to, throwing that air. <laughs> yeah, quick to throw a punch, but throwing that in that air. But I do, I do have to admit that that dude with the black shirt that was funny. Like, how you gonna just kind of come in out of nowhere? I'm like, where this dude? He, I thought he was like a spectator or a fan, and it's like, where he come from? Just going after. Still got dealt with. He still ran back after the fact. Ran like a little kid, hit away. So, yeah, it was crazy. Um, I, I just wish that when it's all said and done, that I know the Big Twelve is the one that's handling down the punishments. But let's be honest, half of these students is probably not going to stay there anyway. Um, I could see the Sosa easily going into the NBA, declaring himself after this year. Why should he at this stage? Yeah, I think if he would have any, I think it was any questions before, I think this whole incident, you know, his game suspensions and then coming back for him, come back for, you know, Big Ten, tour, I mean, Big 12 tournament, the big, you know, the tourney and about them I would go to. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, at this stage, you're not going to show much. And to be honest, your stock dropped with all this now happening. I mean, it could have been picking up a little bit steam at before this whole allegations um, beforehand, but now with this, it's just dropped even more. Uh, so, like, he probably was a first-round picker, but now I, I can't see him going past the first round. I see him in the second round easily. If getting drafted at all. If getting drafted at all. Well, we'll have to see how he is when he comes back. I mean, if they make a – they wouldn't have, you know, the Big 12 tourney – he plays well, and they make a deep run into the um, to, to March Madness, and he plays well and has no other incidents. Incidences, this issue, I won't say will be forgotten, but it'll definitely be put on the back burner as some questions when he goes to interview with some teams if they really want to sit down with him. But it all depends on his performance once he comes back and, and then so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, without question, without question. Um, but I know that our time is almost up. Well, it's, it's, technically it is. Um, is there anything else that you guys want to discuss real quick before we we finish up? Two things. I have to give a special shout-out for the El Capitan, the captain, Derek Jeter, making Baseball Hall of Fame. Um I think that was a foregone conclusion. He didn't get the same kind of love treatment that his boy Mariano Rivera got. What was it last year or the year before last when he was? Last year. Like, last year. 
unanimous pick. It was one person out there that decided to not vote for him. People can vote for who they how they feel. There's probably going to be a big thing to find out who was the one person that <laughs> voted against him. But I mean, was he? I, I would just say that even though he in H, you can probably test this more. He might not have been the best Yankees player in history to date, but damn sure he was one of the most important players um, during his time there, what, almost 20 years with the Yankees, five, five chips. Um, how many, um, go to, how many golden gloves? Too many to count. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes, his numbers weren't as some of these, as some of these shortstops now, but whew, the man was clutch. And, uh, and he always did it when it counts, you know, carrying himself as a consummate professional. I heard, um, I think it was on, I think it was on, um, uh, with um, Skip and Shannon Sharps. Shannon Sharp was trying to figure out how he did all his business, never got put out there on Front Street with all the women that he had. And uh, he's, had, he's had some. I mean, I'm not going to get into all the gory details, but let's just say the man had, had lived. <laughs> And his business never got out there. I mean, there's a couple of stuff on the back of page six, but aside of that, that man is in the Hall of Fame for doing all his business and not getting put, you know, stuff put out there at all. Got married and nobody even knew about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had a kid too. Yeah, but like no one really knew about that. I knew. It wasn't public, like public, public where everybody was, you know, it was out there, out there. Mm-hmm. That man was so undercover on the down low. He, He's in the players. He's in the players' hall of fame, in my opinion. <laughs> uh, he's definitely. Uh, that's the way players play all day, every day. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, he's. Uh, they didn't call him the captain for nothing. I mean, there's. I guess there's loyalty in sport to a to a point. But that little core of the Yankees, outside of when uh, Pettit went to Houston for those couple of years, but then came ultimately came back to New York, that Mariano, Posada, Jeter, Pettit core pretty much stayed intact in their entire career. And I think that's what generated greatness for that little that, – that, that, span of when they were all together that created so many championships because you had the nucleus of your squad, the heart and the soul, and then they put the appropriate pieces uh, around them to make it so that they can win and win consistently. And like you said, Derek Jeter may not have been the flashiest. He may not have had all the home runs and he may not have done a lot of great things offensively. But if you look at the man's record, all of the, all of his top plays are been are, were com- were completed and done in the most crucial points of times in history, where the Yankees really needed him to do a play. You know, like the flip that he had when they were in that one game playoff against Oakland, and he had to flip it to the catcher to get Giambi out at the plate. That was a deciding out. You know, that was a game changing out. Came out of nowhere to do that. Exactly. 
or the time when he ran into the stands, you know, caught that fly ball and went diving headfirst into the stands and cut his nose. I, I mean, was watching, I was watching that game too. <laughs> it's just little things, you know what I mean? It's just the intangibles. Not to say that any other shortstop couldn't do what he do, but it's just – it just always seemed to be in the right place at the right time, whether it was offensively or defensively. And even when he had a down year, even, even when the Yankees didn't even go to the playoffs his last season, but he had the opportunity to get the game-winning hit for them to win. And what did he do? He got the game-winning hit, <laughs> and they won their last game of the season – despite them not going to the playoffs. You know, that's just the epitome of who Derek Jeter was. And he's very much deserving of a first ballot Hall of Fame. And it does suck that whoever that damn voter was, who <laughs> you know, because Mariano got in there unanimously. I, think, I just think it was a scenario where they just didn't want Yankees to go back to back. <laughs> <laughs> No, eventually when they – I forgot who that person um, – when they um, – once that goes public, you know New York is going to rip. Now – Oh, go ahead. Now, this – I know he pointed out something earlier this morning with Bonds and McGuire – not Bonds and uh, Clemens. And will they ever make the, the haul? And I'm – you know – I just wish these these media people and whomever that sit there and votes for the hall get off their high horse and just recognize that you know the game is not always about statistics and all this and the purity of the game. I understand it's one of the the few sports out there that you know there's some purists out there that just want to keep the game as pure as possible. But look, don't knock the haters for going out there and doing what they need to do to win when there was no laws and no rules enforcing to say that you can't do X, Y, Z. And then want to hold that against them because, oh, it's considered cheating. But damn it, if it ain't in the rule books and it ain't even in the CBA, how am I cheating? <laughs> you know, and I think you just let them in. If you want to put an asterisk by their name or something, this was a steroid era, then you go ahead and all those jokers that were let into the hall based when they played in the 70s, Make that the amphetamines era. <laughs> you know, just do what you need to do. But, I mean, that's what – it's. every sport has something about somebody trying to get that edge. You're trying to tell me right now that there's not a play in the NFL right now that has a masking agent for whatever cream or clear that they have, and they're out there top performing? <laughs> you know, he used to sniff coke during games, but he's considered – well, we're only kidding. Too, too far, you know what I mean. Well, Carry on. He's, he's in the NFL, isn't he? He's in the Hall of Fame, right? Yes, he is. Yes, he is. <laughs> Thank you. But again, sniffing coke back when he played was purely legal. <laughs> so I don't, I don't get it. You know. So my whole thing, my whole rant, all you purists out there that vote. Off your hours, man. Clemens Bonds, they were great. Let them in. Pete Rose, let them in. Sammy Sosa, he's right now. So, you seen? You, have you seen pictures of Sammy Sosa? I don't want to see any more pictures of Sammy Sosa. It doesn't look like what he looked like back when he was playing. Like he's he's really trying to eliminate who he was 
and lead a new life. <laughs> Anywho, I'm getting off my soapbox now. <laughs> we can continue this next week on that. <laughs> and one quick, another quick acknowledgement. I know we're a little way over time, but I just want to acknowledge um, Eli Manning. After I was going to say that. <laughs> the sixth. Sixteen years. Sixteen seasons. Yep. Sixteen seasons is officially retiring. Um, we can get to another later date whether or not he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame or not. But um, sixteen years is a giant retiring. Um, certainly wasn't the best QB of all time. Certainly wasn't had the best numbers. But these with putting two Lombardi trophies in the Giants' case, two Super Bowl MVPs, both on the goat. Um, up until two years ago, he had the only distinction to say that he bested Tom Brady twice. I mean, he bested Tom Brady until Nick Foles came around. Um, but you can still say he bested the man twice um, when it counted. Um, so, so, as a Giants fan, Eli Manning, thanks for your years of service. You were very frustrating <laughs> for many years. And I can always count on you for at least 1.5 interceptions a game. But when it mattered the most, you delivered. Did you first buy the Hall of Famer? I was about to ask that same question. Because you know someone is listening to this and he, you already, we already know what their thoughts are who, if he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. There's... I don't know if he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Me personally, I don't. His overall body of work doesn't say first ballot, but I think he will, he will be a Hall of Famer. If not the first time, second time. <laughs> so he's going to be he's going to be a, a TO. He won't get on the first ballot, but he'll probably get on the second. He might get on the first, but I'm not so certain that's going to happen. I don't. This because he has two Super Bowl trophies and two Super Bowl MVPs. I don't believe that he should be first ballot Hall of Fame. Like I said, we can get into all that stuff at a later yeah, date, but definitely. Like you I said, he'll get in. I'm just not certain about first time. Agreed. And we could definitely revisit it on next week's show and talk more about that as well. Um, but for right now, the hour is definitely far spent. So we're going to stop right here. Um, so, fellas, let them know where they can reach you at. You can find me on Twitter at CatDaddy1963 on Twitter. That's CatDaddy1963 on Twitter. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Snapchat, and the gram, uh, J.E. Ross, number seven. And, of course, you can find me on social media. Um, no, but specifically Twitter and Instagram, I am out calls. I am out calls. And before we go, I have to say this shout out to Minnesota Link star Maya Moore, um, who is right now will be sitting out on her second consecutive WNBA season um, and has taken herself out of consideration for the Olympics so she can push for the release from prison of a Missouri man, 39 year old Jonathan Irons. Um, who believe, she believes is innocent and is serving currently serving a 50-year life sentence. So um, 
shout outs to her for doing something different. Um, she said she wanted to forego the WNBA season, even though she's not retired, but she felt as though that this man is innocent. So um, I can't say that we, we don't miss you on the court. Because you definitely did your, you definitely do your thing on the court. Um, beautiful as always, Miss um, Maya Moore, we appreciate that. But for now, we're gonna get ready to go. Um, shout out to everybody. Thank you for all the love and support out there. Really appreciate the love. Hit us up on social media, Guys Talking Sports, um, Twitter, Instagram. Um, catch us on um, all the podcasts out there because right now this is available in all podcasts as well. Check out for the YouTube clips and Instagram clips of Guys Talking Sports. But for right now, this is Guys Talking Sports. Until next time, you guys take care. God bless and have a good one. Night, night. <laughs>